you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Welcome to the Press Zone. I am your host, Amy Johnson, uh, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And we are so happy to have you here on today's episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio, uh, right here at Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. This is episode 142 of the Press Zone. And you're thinking, now wait. Yes, it used to be called From the Press Box. So since the beginning of this podcast, when we were called from the press box, episode 142, and I am happy to have sit, happy to say that for all 142 episodes, I've been joined by a fabulous co-host, and that is the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm doing great. And it is a special day in the hockey world. Now we cover the American Hockey League, the AHL, we cover prospects, we cover CHL, NCAA, IAHF, we cover all kinds of hockey. Um, but the NHL last night handed out the Stanley Cup. That they did. And congratulations, it, it all went well. Um, 59 days to award a, a, a Stanley Cup in a bubble, in two bubbles. Um not a single positive case of nope. COVID nineteen, and and uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, the league and to uh, particularly the players for uh, adhering to the protocol. And and um, it was a bit trying for some, as we're now hearing, but uh, it all worked out so that the league could finish the 2019-20 season uh, with the awarding of a Stanley Cup. Absolutely, very exciting stuff. We're going to talk about it in a little while. Um, and the real nice part of that is that I chose the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Stanley Cup in six games, and that's exactly what happened. Are are you are you here to just? Should we just pack up the show? Are you here to just <laughs> just completely? Well, I know spoil? I wasn't going. I wasn't going to get any credit for that just later. To spoil so. everything before we've even gotten to that point of the show. Is that on the agenda? It is. Ah. If you ever would look at the agenda from your producer, then you would know these things. I should. So we'll just table that for now. <laughs> you can sit over there and gloat all you want. We, it should be mentioned in each and every segment of the podcast. I guess that's my point. Well, it won't be, but that's that's nice that you think that. <laughs> Uh, we do have a lot to talk about today. Uh, in the first segment, however, we're going to concentrate on the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers uh, because I, I feel like a living. I, I feel like we are living in that stupid Oprah Winfrey gif of you get a contract and you get a contract and you get a contract and you get a contract. Everybody, everybody gets a contract. 
if you're well line up <laughs> apparently <laughs> line up you might get one uh not only is it just the time of year but the canadians have been signing people left and right so we're going to talk about uh all the new contracts in the montreal canadians organization and there's some new contracts uh in the flyers organization uh in addition to a new addition to their uh, hockey ops department that we'll talk about. Uh, then in the second segment, we go around the AHL. Um, the San Jose Barracuda have a new coach. Uh, it's, you know, one of those things in this extended off season for the AHL. We've been keeping you up to date on uh, coaching changes as well as, as roster changes and player movements. So there is a new head coach in San Jose. Uh, that is the AHL new coach. That is an old coach, a new coach that is a new old coach. Um, or an old new coach, whatever. I don't know what it is, but yes, uh, someone returning to the bench uh, for the San Jose Barracuda, who of course are the American League affiliates for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, and then, yes, in the second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Stanley Cup being awarded last night and some of the the notable names uh, who were able to hoist that trophy that perhaps not everyone was necessarily focused on talking about. Uh, and of course, that means we have the final results of our prediction. I'm not going to repeat what my co-host just said because he's just going to sit over there and gloat. And, you know, it's really unbecoming. So um, <laughs> we'll get to that in the second segment. And then finally, in segment three, we go beyond the AHL. Uh, we have one of those uh, player signings in the ECHL. That's a familiar name to some of our listeners that we'll catch you up on, uh, as well as just briefly uh, introduce you to the off-season training protocols that the NHL has already uh, set forth in terms of um, – what the protocols need to look like for players and staff and personnel in the off season, however long that ends up being for training and so forth. Uh, and then we'll just give you a quick peek at what to expect next week for our draft coverage. Yes, that's right. Next week is October and it's the NHL draft sentence. I never thought I'd say in my life. Uh, and so we'll give you a heads up on, on our coverage for that next week. And of course we always have a feel good finale. And this week we're like, we like to call it Perseverance Pays Off this week. It's a good one. Now that sh sounds like a very full show. If I only had a sip of coffee here to carry me through. On National Coffee Day. Oh, well, then I inadvertently most definitely celebrated National Coffee Day this morning. You did? Uh, absolutely. Every day. Are you? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a one cup cream and sugar. Two cups in the morning, and that's it for the rest of the day. Hmm. Yeah. Tim Hortons. Can't go wrong. I also brew Tim Hortons. Miraculously, you can get it in my grocery store here. So nice. I can brew it at home, thankfully. Thankfully. Not a Dunkin' isn't... isn't. <coughs> <laughs> All right, that answers that. Sorry I asked. If you call that coffee, have at it, but... That is swill. So, um, and so is Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. Uh, okay, we'll leave that aside because maybe, <laughs> maybe there are people. There's who probably like, people yeah, who love Starbucks. We'll I'm sorry, aside. it's terrible coffee. Yeah. But what's what's so what's the equivalent of if it's not Dunkin'? What's the equivalent of of uh, picking up 
Tim Hortons, a good, a, a good cup of coffee, not, not a ridiculously expensive one or anything. What's, what's a decent morning coffee in south of the border? Uh, Wawa. Absolutely Wawa. And Wawa, Ontario, the, the, the no. big Canada goose you stop on the sideway. It's, no. it's up on the hill as you're driving the Highway 17. Wawa, the gas station convenience store chain that is mostly up and down the East Coast. It's it started it's it's mid-Atlantic based, Philadelphia region based, but has grown exponentially. Mm. So if you're West, Midwest, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but um they have like tremendous coffee. All right. Tremendous coffee. So if I had to stop and get a coffee while I'm out, it would be a Wawa. Otherwise, ain't happening. And there are a few Tim Hortons. We know yes. the in the Buffalo, um, in the, the whatever they're calling the Buffalo Arena these days. Um, Key Bank Center? Yeah. There's 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 one there. There is there still one in the Wells Fargo? There used to be. If, it would, during I, yes. the draft, I got I got coffee. Yes, there's still one in the Wells Fargo Center, and there's one in the PPL Center, which you can access oh, from right. outside. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we are fortunate. The Flyers organization um, at the NHL and AHL level has made sure that Tim Hortons is available, which is unheard of in these parts. So, so yes, it is available if I needed to get it, but it's not convenient for me to get to it. So I'm more than happy to brew it at home. So enjoy National Coffee Day as you listen to the press zone. <laughs> it's never a bad time for coffee. Have some decaf if you're listening late at, late at night. Uh, so we're going to start in our first segment. Uh, we're going to kick things off. This Last week we started with Flyers news. So this week we'll start with Canadians news and then we'll, we'll transition into the Flyers news. And uh, as I said, it's, it's like if you want a contract, just, just ring up. Mark Bergevin, and you might get one. Um, the first one I'm I'm actually very pleased with, and that is the fact that the Canadians and Jake Evans have agreed to terms on a two-year contract extension. Um, so first of all, congratulations to Jake Evans. He has most certainly earned this contract. Um, another two years with the organization is just what he needs to continue his growth and development. But Rick, what I really like about this contract what I really, really like about it is it's actually showing that they do have confidence in Evans and they see his potential because the first year of the contract is still a two-way deal, but the second year of the contract, it changes to a one-way deal. And that's indicative that they you know, don't necessarily expect him to play too much in the AHL in that second year, perhaps. Yeah, and, and let's remind uh, our listeners that um, just because you have a one-way contract doesn't mean that you can't be sent to the AHL. It, That's right. it happens all the time. Uh, the one-way, two-way part uh, refers to the salary. Mm-hmm. That um, if you have a two-way contract, you're you're making a different amount when you're in the NHL than when you're in the AHL. For Jake Evans, it's seven hundred thousand dollars. He's paid in when he's in the uh, NHL two twenty five in the AHL. Right, but when it's a one way deal, you get you know your NHL salary, and if you happen to get sent to the AHL, you're still making that money, but you're playing in the minor leagues. So mm-hmm. um, that's why you know 
it's it's more of an indication that they wouldn't want you playing at the AHL level for that one year for that one way part of the deal because they don't want to pay you that kind of money to to play in the AHL. So, um, Rick, overall, I think it's a great signing, and I think it's it's good news for Jake Evans, who has has really, um, I'll, I'll borrow my word for the feel good finale. And he, finale he's really persevered through through a bit of adversity and some ups and downs and it seems that he's on on that upward trajectory yeah his um uh he he talked about when he signed the contract he talked about uh how expectations were lowered perhaps because of being a seventh round draft choice that uh, took some of the heat off him um and that he was able to progress um and progress well he did um at his own pace um, and even, um, you know, in the, in the, the press conference that he did, he talked about, uh, draft day, uh, and he had, um, it, it came to the seventh round and he hadn't been chosen and he was following the draft and, and he thought, you know, um, seventh round, I'm not going to get picked. He was disappointed, obviously. Uh, and so he turned off the coverage and he left the house. Uh, only to get, oh, no. only to get uh, the call later on, and and he had kind of missed out on, on the celebration. But in in um, uh, the the what the the positive that he took away from that was that um, he he it made him very committed, very loyal uh, to the Montreal Canadiens because they were the only ones it appeared that were going to take a chance on him, and in doing so. Um, he wanted to, um, you know, repay them with his loyalty and, and his commitment and his perseverance, uh, and also, uh, do his best to prove, uh, everyone else wrong who had passed on him. Absolutely. And, and he continues to do that. He's, uh, he's a quiet guy off the ice, but he certainly makes his presence known on the ice. And, and Jake Evans play is, is a tougher player than you may think when you first look at him. Uh, and he's really showing that he's playing with more physicality. He's, he's really starting to fill out his frame. Uh, and he's using that, uh, quite a bit these days, uh, to play a good defensive game as well. Uh, so congratulations to Jake Evans. It's a, it's a good signing. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to see it. Uh, I expect he'll probably be in Laval again this season, but expect perhaps a midseason call up again, like he got this past year. Um, and, uh, and, you know, test the waters and see how the development's coming along. Uh, so should be good things for, for Jake coming up. Then, of course, uh, Bergevin wasn't done there. Then uh, you'll remember this name. Joseph Blandizi was uh, a member of the Laval Rocket um, for a little while uh, last year. He actually played in both Laval and in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton with the Penguins. Um, And the Canadians have agreed to uh, a one-year two-way contract with Joseph Blandizi. In fact, uh, Rick, we might as well lump these two together because Lucini uh, came at the same time. It's funny. They they both came in the same package and they both got, got re-signed at the same time. So Jake Lucini, uh, also a one-year two-way contract with the Canadians, uh, and he also split his time between Laval and Wilkes-Barre last year. Um you know, we talked last week about you have a, a running list of, of who should be playing in Laval next year or who is eligible to play in Laval next year. And we were already talking in the last couple of weeks about how that list is getting awfully, awfully long. And 
Okay, well, now you've got Blandisi and Lucini back in the mix again. So add them to, uh, to the mix as well. And that's two more forwards in an already chock full forward core um, under contract. So again. already under contract and, and uh, I'm going to miss out on some of them, but uh, names like Belzile, Dauphin, uh, Yannick Veilleux, um, Andrew Sturtz, uh, mm-hmm. Alexander Alain, that that's the one I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of them, and that's not including the prospects that are coming too. I mean, well, and, and that's the uh, Kevin Lynch, uh, perhaps. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and and that's that's in addition to Ryan Brian Paling. If Ryan Paling uh, does not make the the main roster, uh, Lucas Vedemo, Jesse Alonen, Cam Hillis, Joel Teasdale, Liam Howell, um, Raphael Harvey Pinard. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, there's way too many. <laughs> so some are going to go to the uh, ECHL. That looks like that that should get uh, launched in Trois-Rivières. Um, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of bodies to spread around. Um, interesting. We just talked about uh, the one way, two way thing, uh, and what it means um, on these contracts. Uh, and and as you said, Jake Lucini and and uh, Joseph Blandisi came over. It was February twentieth. The trade made uh, Riley Barber and Phil Veroni going the other way to the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins. But um, both Lucini and uh, Blandisi, if they play in the NHL, they will they will each earn seven hundred thousand dollars this year. Okay. In the AHL, so they're they're on two way contracts. Yeah, both of them. One one year two way contract. Okay. Um, the and they'll and so the contracts are the same in that they'll both earn seven hundred thousand at the NHL level. At the AHL level, Lucini will earn eighty five thousand. Okay. Blandisi three hundred and twenty five thousand. Whoa. Now that's a. If I'm Jake Lucini, I'm looking at Joe Blandisi in the locker room going, the hell, man? You're buying tonight. Yeah. You couldn't split that? Like, we couldn't both make 200 grand? And who's your agent, by the way? Yeah. Wow. Now, to be... I can't say to be fair anymore without immediately mentally going into Letterkenny. Uh Uh-huh. To be fair, um, Blandisi has a bit more... Blandisi's more well-known and, and probably more productive than Lucini's been. Uh, Blandisi's, I think, a year older. Um, He's a year older, yeah. But that's a whopping $215, $215,000 difference in the AHL. Um, so that sounds to me like if they wanted Blandisi to stay, his agent said, well, you're going to have to pay him because we know we can get him picked up somewhere else. It's $240,000. 40. I, I'm not your, <laughs> you know what? We I just move finished on. doing my taxes today. <laughs> yeah. So my, my math brain is fried. I've been, numbers are just swimming in my vision. So cut me some slack. Uh, but we're not done. There's more? There's more. But wait, there's more. Bergevin wasn't done, except now he's done with 
you know, for for this week, he was done with the Canadians' contracts, but Laval could still sign some AHL contracts, and so there was one. Um, oh, and it's another forward. It's a one-year, two-way AHL contract, so again, one year, mm-hmm. two-way, except this, so the two-way means two-way to, ECHL. to the ECHL, yeah. so it's, they, they get a certain amount salary in the AHL, if they get sent to this ECHL, they get a different salary. Uh, with forward Brent Gates, who is a six-foot-two, 201-pound centerman. Uh, who actually comes from the San Diego Gulls. He had four goals and one assist in 20 games with the Gulls. Um, Why does that not sound like a lot? Because 20 games isn't a whole heck of a lot. He spent the rest of the time in Grand... uh, Sorry, with the Tulsa Oilers in the ECHL, where he had 20 points. Uh, So he's a a guy that's going to bounce back and forth between the ECHL and the AHL, but Rick... Add another one to your list. Brent Gates. Marked him down. Okay. Should have a running bet of how many forwards they're going to end up with by the end of the off season. Did I mention Arsen Hizamudinov? Arsen Hizamudinov? That's another one. I like that name. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. So four players, four forwards uh, signed to new contracts within the Montreal Canadiens organization over the past week. All four of them probably most likely uh, not (laughs) NHL bound uh, for the start of the next season. Uh, One of them possibly ECHL. So one or two of them actually possibly ECHL bound. But uh, So what we're looking for um, over the next week, or so, um, you have uh, Noah Juleson, who's an RFA. Yeah. What's going to happen with Michael McNiven, another yeah. RF, RFA? We'll see if if um, Antoine Waked, uh, if if um, he's offered, uh, a, 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 given a qualifying offer or not. Uh, but those are the kinds of, from the, the Laval Rocket perspective, uh, those are the kinds of... Um, uh, contracts we'll be looking forward to, as well as on on the Canadian side, Victor Meta and and uh, maybe Xavier Willette. Maybe, but where are you going to put him? <laughs> where are you going to put him? Now the Flyers have been also signing some contracts, but they're taking care of their RFA situation. Um, they signed uh, two contract extensions this past week. Uh, the first one, to me is a no-brainer. Actually, they're both kind of no-brainers to me, but the first one, definitely a no-brainer. They re-signed Alex Lyon. Uh, The goaltender uh, signs a one-year contract extension um, with the Flyers' average annual value of $700,000. And this absolutely makes sense. I mean, he was the the, the third goalie uh, in the bubble, um, he he never, of course, needed to needed to dress. Uh, Elliot and Hart stayed uh, healthy enough, but uh, he was right there. He has proven himself to be a, a, a very capable goaltender at the AHL level, uh, and I expect that he will be kind of the the stalwart uh, starter for the Phantoms as either Kirill Ustamenko or um, oh, and his name just went out of my head. Um, Sandstrom, um, Felix, Felix Sandstrom develop behind him to see which one of jockeying, which one of them is going to, to play the backup role and which one is going to head down to the Reading Royals. 
but I like this. I like the signing. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. It does. Uh, and and kind of cleans up. Uh, there's not much left at uh, the Phantoms level for, for them to do. Uh, Vorobiev uh, and RFA will qualify him, I expect, even though we know that uh, where he's signed. Uh, Nathan Knowles, another one, and uh, a couple of uh, unrestricted free agents. Curtis Gabriel fit in kind of nicely. He did. Uh, we'll see if um, if he has other offers, other places to go. Andy Walensky, Reese Wilcox are the other two uh, unrestricted free agents that played for the Phantoms. Yeah, I I would I Curtis Gabriel ended up being a really big uh, fan favorite, um, and I think he really enjoys really enjoyed his his time with the Phantoms. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. Uh, another contract extension for the Flyers this week is defenseman Robert Hag. Again, uh, I feel that this may be a little less of a no brainer, but it's definitely a solid signing. This is a two year deal worth one point six million a year. Um, and, you know, Robert Hag actually got plenty of playing time during this postseason bubble uh, because Gossespierre just wasn't quite there yet uh, in his recovery and his rehabbing and in his getting his game back to where it used to be. And so Robert Hag was there on that bottom pairing uh, through most of the playoffs for the Flyers. And Sure, he can sometimes be a little inconsistent, but Rick, I think he's a he's a solid defenseman. He's a solid, you know, third pairing guy for the for the Flyers, and I I I see this as a a good signing, um, and I think that he's going to improve. I don't I don't think that he has reached his ceiling yet. Third pairing, uh, situational defenseman. You can play him against certain. Uh, teams, you can sit them out against other teams, uh, depending on what you want back there. And and uh, he'll fill the bill um, and uh, locked up for two years at uh, a, a good price uh, before he goes uh, to unrestricted free agent. Um, and it was made known that Shane Gostaspear, um is on the trading block. Um, that's uh, that's been going around, uh, or was was. Uh, uh, reported this week, so we'll see what what kind of changes that the Flyers are going to have on the back end. Absolutely, uh, one change uh, that came out this week is that we we know Chris Stewart won't be back uh, as a player for either the Phantoms or the Flyers, as he announced his retirement uh, earlier. Uh, just a few days ago, um, but the interesting thing is that. Uh, not just hours after that, the Flyers made the announcement that they have appointed Chris Stewart as a player development coach in the team's hockey operations department. Um, this, I think, I think it's a good fit. Um, I think Stewart liked playing in the short stint that he did in the Philly organization. Um, Fletcher was quoted as saying, you know, I've known Chris for a long time. I've admired the way he plays the game, but also how he conducts himself off the ice as a true professional and leader in the locker room. Uh, he'll be a valuable asset to help mentor our young players and shape their future as flyers. And we, we heard something similar from Scott Gordon when, when Stewart was playing with the Phantoms that, you know, off the ice, he was a, he was a good mentor for some of the younger, younger players and so forth. Um, you know, Stewart played 11 years in the NHL, uh, and and he's he's got a lot of experience. Uh, interestingly, Rick, I I found it, I hadn't considered this, but in the press release, it was noted that 
Stewart was acquired by Chuck Fletcher as GM on three separate occasions. He traded for him in 2015 at the trade deadline with the Wild, signed him as a free agent uh, in 2016 to join Minnesota, and then signed him, if we all remember, to a PTO last July to join the Flyers at training camp and then signed him for that one-year contract this past year. So uh, certainly cut Chuck Fletcher's had plenty of experience with Chris Stewart, uh, and he'll now join Brett Hextall, John Riley, Kale Samuelson, and Nick Schultz as the members of the Flyers player development coaching staff. Um, I, I think this is a good move, and it's a great, you know, Rick, we talk so much about um, that transition to life after hockey, and and this is a good start for a player like Chris Stewart to retire, but uh, stay in the game, stay with the organization that most recently uh, he'd been a player for and be able to mentor young players. Yeah, you you see the um, positive attitude, the good work ethic. Those were the those are the reasons that they wanted Chris Stewart in the lineup uh, mm-hmm. last year. Only got in uh, for sixteen games for the Flyers, and it was clear that um, you know his he was losing the the ability to 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 be an NHL player, and so this is a nice way of. Of tapping into those uh, those qualities, um, putting him in a, a development role, um, a, a great transition for him. Absolutely. So we wish him the best of luck, and I think the uh, the Flyers will, uh, and the and the Flyers' young players will all benefit from him being there. We are going to take one quick break as that wraps up our. Phew, that's so many contracts. Uh, That wraps up our first segment, uh, but don't go anywhere. Just after a quick commercial break, we're going to go around the AHL. We're going to talk to you a little bit about the new head coach for the San Jose Barracuda, uh, who maybe isn't such a new head coach, familiar face. Uh, And then we'll talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup final and some familiar faces that got to hoist the cup last night. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team visit ahlreport.com and click the join our team tab at the top of the page today
And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. We're so glad you're back with us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined again by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, There's a couple places that you want to do that. The first and foremost is make sure you're following us at the AHL Report. That's at the AHL Report on Twitter. That's that's the main account that you want to make sure that you're following. Uh, But in addition to that, uh, you can also follow this podcast's account, and that is at the Press Zone. So at the AHL Report, at the Press Zone, make sure you click that follow button and uh, retweet to your heart's content or reply. We love to hear from our followers and chat with you all throughout the week about hockey. So don't be shy. Reach on out. In this segment, we go around the AHL. And the first thing that we'll touch on really um, is that the Barracuda that is the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks, uh, has announced that Roy Summer will return to his position as head coach uh, this next season. He was named associate coach uh, in December, uh, working with the interim head coach, Bob Bugner at the time. Um, But he will now take over as head coach uh, of the San Jose Barracuda. Um, Jimmy Bono and Michael Chisson uh, who served as co-coaches will resume their roles as assistant coaches. Uh, and Danny Sabrin has joined the organization as goaltending development coach. Um, so Rick, great news for the San Jose Sharks, but this isn't the first time that Roy Summers been behind the bench there. Well, he, yeah, he's <laughs> never really left. No, <laughs> uh, It's 23 years behind the bench of, of the, the Sharks AHL affiliate. Now the, the Barracuda, um, so he's 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 been there through it all. He's um, uh, you know helped transition uh, a, a huge part of of the Sharks roster um, from the AHL to the NHL over the years. He's he's played an integral part. He uh, came in and helped out um, with uh, with Bob Bugner uh, for a time, and and now he's back to uh, where he feels uh, most comfortable and where the organization um uh loves to have him 23 years that's uh, that's quite a record um in the ahl absolutely um and you know he's he's been the head coach as you say as the affiliate has moved all over the place you know it's the barracuda now it was the worcester sharks the cleveland Bar- barons and he got to coach the kentucky thoroughblades which is one of my favorite names for an ahl for franchise so uh yeah he's 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 been around uh for a bit and uh congratulations to him i i'm sure the folks in san jose will be quite at ease with him there behind the bench um you know speaking of we talked at the top of the show about how uh it's a very special day for hockey fans because it is it is the day after the Stanley Cup was awarded to the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Um, you know, particularly after the the uh, unceremonious way they left the playoffs last season. Uh, this was quite the return to glory for them. Uh, Dallas gave them a, a, a fight um, to to a degree, and um, it was a it was a tough loss for Dallas. Some of the just watching. Um, Hudobin and Jamie Benn's interviews from from last night today were were really heartbreaking. It's always so hard to see uh, players after they've they've not achieved that ultimate goal. But congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. But Rick, you know, 
as as you're watching that cup being hoisted and passed from teammate to teammate to teammate to teammate, it's amazing how many Syracuse crunch names you saw <laughs> come across that screen. Um, you know, Carter Verhage, uh, Mitchell Stevens. Um, I, they're, I'm, they're all going to, I'm going to draw a blank on all of them, but there was so much talent, uh, whether it was recent talent from the AHL or guys who developed their game uh, in the AHL years ago and, and have become big NHL stars. Uh, certainly the American League contributed in big ways to Tampa's win. Well, I, I remember us going into uh, Syracuse and you look at that lineup uh, and thinking, my goodness, there's going to be uh, <laughs> quite a train going from Syracuse to Tampa Bay, a ton of talent. Um, you mentioned Carter Verhaeg, uh, uh won the scoring race um, in the AHL, uh, 2018, 19, 82 points, and and uh, and now uh, you know performing in the in the NHL. Uh, Yanni Gord was was always yep. um, a guy who was getting under the skin of uh, the the Ice Caps and Rocket players. Um, played almost 300 games in the AHL, and and uh, now he's doing similar things uh, in the in the NHL. You think of of um, Julian Brisebois, who um, you know was the the general manager for the Hamilton Bulldogs, mm-hmm. then moved to to the Tampa organization, and was the GM for so long for Syracuse. Um, and it's yeah now uh, you know it's as we've said many times uh, the AHL is not only a training ground for players but for um, executive and management uh, as well. So there was all kinds of of talent who have uh, been successful in the AHL, but now they've been they've uh, moved on and and uh, and were able to to participate in in uh, the ultimate uh, prize for hockey, the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. So congratulations to Tampa, but also congratulations to the Syracuse Crunch. Ben Walgrill does a tremendous job there. Uh, it's a very well coached uh, team. The organization is run very. It's a tight ship there, um, and uh, pretty exciting. Uh, you can see Syracuse is certainly excited about it. They've already launched today a new uh, um, a new merch series called um, Tampa Cues. <laughs> uh, Tampa Q's are the uh, the Stanley Cup winners, uh, and and sure enough, there were a lot of players who, even within the last season, have played for the Syracuse Crunch, who were there on the ice to lift Lord Stanley, uh, and it's uh, it's it's a tremendous thing. And when really when you when you follow players from the time that they're drafted through their junior or NCAA careers or or if they start in the European leagues and you see them succeed there and then they go pro and they play in the in the AHL and then they succeed there and they and they graduate to the NHL and then you see those same players hoist the Stanley Cup it's really rewarding um to watch these young talented players as they become talented men playing uh, one of the toughest sports in the world, playing in one of the toughest championships in sports. Um, Mikhail Sergachev, another one. I mean, we Sergachev used to belong to the, to the Montreal Canadiens, and we could see his talent at that time uh, and, and knew what Mark Bergevin was trading away uh, when he traded for Drouin. Um, and, and 
very rewarding to to get to see Mikhail Sergachev uh, win the Stanley Cup. You know, he and all the Russians were there around the cup and taking their selfies and whatnot. It was just uh, really heartwarming. And uh, even in this crazy COVID-19 year that we've had, uh, it was a little bizarre to see the Stanley Cup awarded without any fans, <laughs> but still gives you that same excitement. Well, and uh, you, you mentioned uh, Sergachev. I guess for for fans of of the Canadians, there's it's bittersweet seeing um, Mikhail Sergachev uh, lift the cup. But um, you know his, we've said it before. Uh, one of Mark Bergevin's worst trades, uh, trading away uh, such a a prospect in Sergachev, and and he was key for the for the Lightning. Uh, but the the silver lining for him is he's he got a chance to lift the cup. Same for Ryan McDonough, and we know mm-hmm. his history with the Montreal Canadiens. Same with I, I mentioned a few minutes ago Julian Brisebois, uh, who got to lift the Stanley Cup. And from the Philadelphia perspective, uh, there's a couple of ex Flyers too, Luke Shen and and Braden, Braden Coburn, Coburn, and yeah. yeah. So um, what what. Uh, uh, it didn't work out in 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 either Philadelphia or Montreal, but it it was a, a new door opening uh, to Tampa, and uh, and they aren't uh, th- they can only be happy about the way it's worked out for them. Absolutely. So congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Congratulations to the Dallas Stars as well. They really uh, they surprised some people uh, with their playoff run, and they they you know they took it to six games. Tampa certainly didn't run over them. So. Um, congratulations to them as well. And I'd have to also offer congratulations to my co-host because it does mean now, now I will, I will give you credit that you predicted correctly that the Tampa Bay lightning would win the Stanley cup and they would do it in six games. Mm -hmm. However, as did you, I did as well. Mm -hmm. So let's not forget that. (laughs) No, I didn't we, But we both selected the Tampa Bay Lightning. We both said it would go to six games. However, going so we had a flat tie in the Stanley Cup final, but you were leading me by three and a half points going into uh, this championship, which means that you, you will defeat me by three and a half points, which in the grand scheme of things is actually a pretty tight. Now, maybe now is a good, now that, that the winner has been crowned, maybe no. now is a good time no. to explain nope. the mathematical nope. formulas that were required to. Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> if you really enjoy um, advanced calculus and you'd like to just oof, get that thrill of, advanced mathematics then feel free to tweet at rick (laughs) and ask him to explain the uh the tabulation regulations for (laughs) our prediction series but uh overall you won 35.5 points to my 32 points so you beat me by three and a half points well done congratulations uh, it was a tight race. It was. I like it. And and let's be honest, this was this was tough to predict mm-hmm. given uh, the uncertainty. We didn't know how teams were going to react to to the bubble, how no. they were going to react to coming back, and and uh, it was it was it didn't go as as uh, many people thought. Um, but uh, I think in the end, the the right team was crowned uh, champion. I think so too. I think so too. Like I said, Dallas. Uh, Dallas performed well. 
They performed better than a lot of people had predicted. Uh, so I think that they gave, they brought attention to what they have the capability of doing. Um, and, and we'll see where they take it from there. I felt bad for Radulov. Radulov looked really gutted afterwards. Um, but at the same time, I'm happy for guys like Joel Hanley. He got to score his first NHL goal in the playoffs mm-hmm. in in the first game of the Stanley Cup final. So sure, disappointing that he doesn't also get to lift the cup. But but you know, it's just another step in the right direction for guys like Joel Hanley. Um, it'll uh, I think they'll they'll continue to grow. We are going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to go beyond the AHL. We've got uh, an ECHL signing that some of our listeners will be familiar with, just to give you an update on on that player. And uh, also, the NHL has already laid down what the off-season training protocols are going to be. So we'll tell you all about all of that on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back for the third segment of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. I reminded you in the last segment to be sure you're following us at the AHL Report and at the Press Zone on Twitter. But hey, Flyers fans, uh, there's a special account for you as well. Be sure you're following us at the Flyers Report, at the AHL Report, at the Press Zone, 
at the Flyers Report. Cover all your bases. You just want to make sure that you get news from us wherever you can uh, right there on Twitter. In this segment, we go beyond the AHL and uh, we'll take a brief stop in the ECHL. Uh, Back in 2012, the Montreal Canadiens selected in the second round defenseman Dalton Thrower. And if you uh, remember watching the St. John's Ice Caps, um, the Montreal version of the of the Ice Caps um, during the 2015-16 season, um, Thrower did play in uh, nine games with the Ice Caps that season. Uh, and since then, he has spent uh, plenty of time in the ECHL. He actually spent three seasons with the Brampton Beast, um, but. Last season, he was acquired by the Jacksonville Iceman, which is the ECHL affiliate of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, and they have re-signed him uh, to come back and play again this season, Rick. He's now 26 years old, and um, he was, at one time, was uh, thought to be a, a, a one of the better prospects, defensive prospects for the Montreal Canadiens coming out of junior hockey, the Saskatoon Blades, um, and then moved over to the Vancouver Giants. And, and uh, big things were thought, as I said, a second, you said, second round uh, pick. Uh, but he ran into some injury problems, including uh concussions and mm-hmm. and uh, it really kind of uh, uh, derailed his career uh, but he's uh, persevered and uh, and is uh, still applying his trade in in the CHL and uh, uh, now with the uh, Winnipeg Jets organization Um of course, the ECHL has been pretty busy teams of even though again they don't know when they'll start playing but most ECHL teams have been busy shoring up their rosters as well. So uh, there are another number of other defensemen who have signed contracts uh, with Jacksonville for the upcoming season. But Rick, you will be happy to know that forward Wacy rabbit has, (laughs) he has signed signed again. Yes. So he will Wacy rabbit. I'd, I'd love to, I would love to interview his parents. Can you please explain your son's name? Can well, you- and you got to listen to the broadcast because it sounds like they're pronouncing it wrong. But no, it isn't. Wacy Rabbit. Wacy, W-A-C-E-Y, Rabbit. His name's Wacy Rabbit. And we had, remember that show we had, the top five. Top um, five best hockey names. Best hockey names, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. We did. And I think I said at the time that it, I, I might have to get a, a rabbit jersey. Because, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> How great would that be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, you'll be. That's why I wanted to point out that Rick would be happy to know that Wacy Rabbit has signed again. He is committed to staying in Jacksonville again. So I said that the ECHL, of course, doesn't know when their season will start. The AHL doesn't know when their season will start. The NHL doesn't know when their season will start. Uh, plenty of players coming out of the bubble are saying. Um, well, whatever happens next season, Never again. it ain't going to look like this because we don't want to do two months in a bubble again. That, you know, maybe if there's smaller, like a, a couple weeks of at a time with protocols and a but there's lots of contingency plans, but a lot of them are saying Max Pacioretty was one that said, I hope I never have to do that again. Um, you know, they, um, they, they sacrificed a lot and, and it wasn't easy. And then, didn't seem to be very popular. So I think the next time an NHLPA full roster vote 
gets made. I, th- I think there's going to be some different voting happening. Um, so that means for now, we are, as of today, officially in the NHL offseason, which is weird because normally the regular season would be starting this weekend. <laughs> Uh, which is which is a little odd, but the off season officially begins, and at this point, no one knows how long the off season is going to be. So players have to, you know, get on their off season training regimens and figure out how they're going to stay in shape and be ready for whenever training camps are going to happen. And so the NHL has actually already announced protocols. Uh, for players and teams and facilities to follow for off-season training. Um, again, they're still putting, Rick, the, the health and safety of players and club personnel uh, at the top of the list. And so they basically say the protocol is similar to what the Phase 2 return-to-play protocol looked like, um, where no one is allowed in club facilities except for players and club personnel. So that's no spectators, no media, no families, no friends, no nothing. Um, And, you know, strict testing, strict disinfecting, um, things of that nature. Um, And no sharing. No sharing. (laughs) No sharing. It's it's specified. No sharing of supplements, no sharing of deodorant, no sharing of body wash. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just no sharing allowed. Um, And and the, the facilities... Uh, can't be used uh, for off-season training prior to October 15th. That's correct. Uh, in fact, the the PDF that, that the NHL put out was quite extensive. It's pages and pages and pages and pages and pages long. So there's lots of rules, lots of regulation, um, but they're obviously understanding that they have to take this very seriously. Um, you know, Rick, you commended the league on getting through 59 days, not a single positive test. It meant that the protocols worked. It meant that the players and staff and everyone inside the bubble took it seriously. And I think the league understands that if they're going to continue to be successful in the offseason and get back to a new season, um, that things are going to have to be just as vigilant and strict. So... Because we've seen in other sports, um, it hasn't. They, they haven't been as successful... Uh, NFL started today. It's it's uh, and, and it's been a problem in MLB and mm-hmm. and elsewhere. So um, you know, th- there's lots of grumbling. But the alternative, um, the alternative to the bubble, to the ex- the strict protocols, uh, was uh, you know obviously higher, much much higher risk. Absolutely. So uh, for now, everyone's kind of in limbo. Everyone's in, okay, well, it's off season and and we'll find out when the NHL is going to start again. Um, But they have made sure that protocols are in place for players and uh, club personnel to stay safe during that time. So it's the off season, but that means just like that, the draft is here Uh, and the draft isn't taking place on a weekend, which is weird. Tuesday and Wednesday next week. Ugh. And the draft order changed today. Ooh, did it? Oh, because of... Washington got, somehow, Washington Washington got bumped up uh, to one after Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Montreal's at 16, pick number 16. Uh, Philadelphia at 23. Washington slides into the 24 slot with Colorado 25 slot. Um, 
many of the mocks were were had those uh, two teams reversed, but they the NHL was calculating it differently. So uh, yes, the the order changed today. Mm. Well, that means everyone is now fully in. Future watch mode, uh, draft rankings, mock drafts, you name it. Um, So we know next Tuesday, everyone will be getting ready to watch the first round of the draft. So we're going to do our coverage a little differently. We, of course, want to give you um, our thoughts on the draft before that happens. um, But it's kind of hard to jam that in right before the draft actually begins. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you we're going to come to you twice next week. You get double the fun with me and Rick next week. Um, so we're gonna take the we're gonna take our show. We're gonna split it into two smaller episodes. So not you're not gonna have to you know it's not four hours of podcasting you have to listen to. Uh, on Monday we're gonna come to you with a short draft preview, and then after the draft is over Tuesday and Wednesday we're gonna come back to you on Thursday with our reaction and just talk about what happened what what went down, and just give you our thoughts as kind of a reaction uh, after the draft. So look out for two episodes of The Press Zone next week, one on Monday, which is our draft preview. Uh, We uh, will also have some audio from some of the top prospects um, in that episode as well. So kind of getting introduced to some of them and their thoughts as they get uh, pumped up for the draft. And then, of course, uh, the draft reaction episode on Thursday. So Rick, it's, it's going to be, the whole thing is virtual. It's going to be done right from the NHL network studios in New Jersey. Which means lots of Gary Bettman. Mm. I I was really disappointed that there was no booing of Gary Bettman by the sound effects guys last night. And it was promised. It was promised. They said there would be booing of, of Gary Bettman and that Gary was okay with it. If there is not booing of Gary Bettman at the draft, people are going to revolt. I mean, that's just, you can't, you don't mess with tradition. I saw somebody say today on Twitter that due to how successful Bettman was in keeping players safe in the bubbles that we shouldn't boo him. (laughs) And then I saw someone say, nah, no, sorry. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Too much history there. Exactly. Um, all right. So um, our feel-good finale. We've talked a lot this episode about perseverance um, in different ways and in, in different contexts. And so I've kind of capped this feel-good finale, at finale as perseverance pays off. Um, and I thought this was pretty neat. Um, I'm a self-proclaimed geek, nerd, dork whatever you want to call me, I won't take offense. Uh, and I'm a bookworm. And uh, Tolkien is is a tremendous author. Uh, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit series are just absolute classic literature uh, and and filled with with all sorts of great things. Uh, and I and I found a little nugget of information that I thought was really interesting. That in 1961, Tolkien was nominated for the Nobel Prize in Literature, and the jury turned him down, saying, quote, that his work was in no way storytelling of the highest quality. Who's on the panel? (laughs) (laughs) And then the Lord of the Rings went on to sell more than 150 million copies worldwide. So 
I think that's pretty neat. And it just shows that perseverance pays off. And, you know, we, as we said, it's been a common thread throughout this show. Uh, and no better time to acknowledge perseverance than the day after the Stanley Cup is awarded. And darn it. I don't know. Tolkien can't tell us. Storytelling isn't the highest quality. Give me a break. Just give me a break. Frodo would disagree with you. <laughs> um, all right. So, of course, be sure you're following us at the AHL Report uh, on Twitter. If you're looking uh, for Rick, you can find him on Twitter at AllHabs. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. But, of course, Rick, if people want to uh, go back and maybe they missed last week's episode of the show, or maybe they want to catch uh, catch up on Canadians Connection, uh, your podcast with Joseph Whalen. What's the best place for people to go to find our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts? Thepresszone.com. Thepresszone.com. You can get all of the back issues of The Press Zone. CanadiansConnection.com. CanadiansConnection.com. You can get all of the archived um, episodes of Canadians Connection. And what we really need you to do, whether you're you're um, listening to us on um, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast uh, or TuneIn Radio um, or uh, now on um, Amazon Music, yeah. uh, subscribe, subscribe, follow, uh, like, share, uh, so that uh, others can um, uh, have this experience and f- um, make it easy for them to find uh, this podcast as well. Absolutely. You know, just look for us in your favorite podcast platform and, and subscribe and like it and make sure you've got notifications set, you know, the whole shebang. Uh, you don't want to miss an episode. Uh, believe me, even though it's now the off season, the, the news is not going to slow down anytime soon. And with the draft coming next week, we've got lots of great content coming for you. Uh, and we appreciate that you were here with us each and every week from the time that the NHL and the AHL hit the pause button back in March uh, until now. It's been it's been quite a ride for the last six months. So thanks for sticking here with us. We're certainly not going anywhere. Um, so um, yeah, thanks for being here. Make sure you subscribe. And Rick, thank you for another great episode. Congratulations yet again on your victory. <laughs> and uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Um, you know, stretch those legs and step away from your TV set for a bit now that hockey <laughs> hockey isn't on uh, every other night. And get ready for the draft next week. We'll see you back here on Monday. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.